Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike, Season 5, Episode 15. Today we're going to be talking about parenting from 50 years ago as opposed to today. Who did it better? Why? We'll find out. Tony, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it, it's it's been a it's been a crazy day uh, at work. Um, so much changes are going on right now in the auto industry, and it's it's a stressful environment. Shows maybe later on, two brothers, one Mike Land uh, to talk about, and and not to. Uh, one thing I, I started telling myself, Joe, um, whenever we do talk about that journey, the journey that I've been on. Uh, as far as, you know, my working in Lansing, Michigan and the back and forth and Lordstown closing and all the different, the different, uh, decisions that have been made. Uh, I keep telling myself, I have to find some type of serenity, <laughs> right? I have to find some type of, uh, you know, meditation, prayer and, and a good place to be in so that when I do as my AirPod, it feels like it's going to jump out of my ear. Um, so that when I, when I tell the story, even in the negative aspect, it's not in a ranting, uh, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman fighting style, right? It's more just what I disagree with and agree with. And, uh, there's a lot of good players on both sides of the ball too, you know? So I don't want it to be this us versus them type of story. Some people have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Someday. Someday. So today work was stressful, but then I got in leg day. Anybody who's ever watched or no, actually listened. We didn't have video then. I don't think Did we do leg day. It was all audio, right? Um, I did leg day today. I did pyramiding. Anybody out there ever do this? 10, eight, six, four, two, two, four, six, eight, 10 in terms of reps, sets and reps. So it's actually 10 sets. You start, uh, with your 10 reps at a, at a lower weight, Joe, and you continuously, Increase the intensity as you decrease the volume. And then once you hit that high intensity, low volume, you reverse it and you go in the opposite direction. I'm going to tell you what, man, my legs are on fire right now, regardless of how many times I've done it. But uh, I'll take the necessary therapeutic modalities with a nice ice cold shower, which you don't want to hear about, and um, some foam rolling. That's something we want to talk about. I think Amber Landsman Butcher would be the perfect person to talk about foam rolling and, and how well. We did talk a little bit about that in, when we talked about warm-ups and cool-downs. These are all shows you could be looking up, yeah. folks, right there in Two Brothers One Mike Land. It's right there. If you go into our, our catalog of some 90-plus shows now and scroll, like almost like the will, almost like the will on uh, Price is Right, Joe, uh, you just scroll through and, and – Land yourself on an episode and listen. Take a listen. Follow the journey. Um, I was just going to say, you mentioned about a good, I don't know, at least five or six, seven, maybe eight different episodes we've already done. Uh, yeah. Foam rolling being the only one that we haven't covered yet. So. No, but we did. I didn't mention it. We just didn't talk about all the, all the benefits, I don't think, of foam rolling, which there's a ton. Uh, you have to know how to do it, though, the right, uh, the right way, um, for sure. I think we will have Amber Lansman Butcher on for that. She is a huge advocate uh, and a professional trainer, um, a science professor of exercise science, right? Uh, we, she's been on the show twice now, so why not a third time? Can't go wrong. Um, so today's show is about, as we almost, uh, we go 180 here, and we, we want to talk about a mindset now, right? A lot of times, you know, people will say, you know, are you changing the the route you're taking, the path you're taking in the show, to a certain extent, we're just allowing ourselves a little, a little latitude, right? We're we're trying to to take the show in different directions, and again, that's why we named the show what we did. We didn't want to just talk about exercise and nutrition. We want to talk about mental well being because mental well being affects your ability to take on exercise and nutrition, um, and it can hurt you uh, from you know a health standpoint when your mental well-being is not where it needs to be and a show like this joe when we're talking about parenting boy them kids right them kids could take your mental health in 18 to 20 different directions and i'm probably i'm probably on the low end of that right um but i don't know where where do we start today differences and similarities uh between what it was like raising kids in the 50s and the 60s 
maybe you're in the 40s, as opposed to what it's like raising kids today and then all those years in between. Because, you know, when you talk about the 80s, that was a whole different, that was a whole different, we, that was us. We were the kids. We were the maniacs. We were the ones who our brains, our frontal lobe, our cortex wasn't fully developed yet. So we were making all the bad decisions, right? The difference, I think, one of the big differences now, we talk about differences between now and back then, even in the even in the 80s and 90s, uh, early 90s, we didn't have everything recorded. We didn't have everything recorded on social media, uh, right out there in video and audio for everybody to listen to and watch. Um, we were on the down low, right? We kept it on the down low. These kids today, they don't really keep it on the down low. Snapchat, TikTok, uh, YouTube, they just let the whole, the whole world see them on Facebook and all the bad decisions they're making. So maybe that's a difference. I don't know. When you think about uh, the, the differences between uh, when our grandparents were raising our parents as opposed to how we are now raising our kids, what, what, what do you see as far as differences are concerned? I think probably one of the biggest ones uh, would be just the, um, uh, the gender roles within the home. You know, uh, at that point in time, it was mom stayed home. She cooked, she cleaned, she yeah. took care of the home. Dad went to work, dad came home from work and that was pretty much it. Um, you know, but I, I think that that's changed quite a bit, definitely since from our, our grandparents day and age to our parents, uh, you know, which would be in the, in the sixties and seventies, uh, maybe even some early eighties. Yeah. Our our grandparents, folks, uh, like so many of you who listen to this show that are our age, is what uh, they've been labeled. And Joe, I, I agree with this label, the greatest generation ever, um, for so many reasons. A lot of people automatically point directly towards World War II, uh, and they leave it right there. Uh, but there's just so many other reasons why. Uh, the, the, these were the immigrants these were the people coming over from different countries, a lot of them not speaking any English. Our father didn't speak any English when he came over from Greece uh, at the age of nine. Uh, and if you talk to him today, you would never know, unless he gets mad. If you can recall, Joe, in our dumb years, right, we call them the dumb years, when we were making bad decisions, if we got our father mad enough, you could get the accent for a second and don't laugh, right? If you laughed, that was even that you would now you, you were really ask, you were laughing asking for it. you were laughing at him uh, and I, I, that's the way it was taken and and yeah you didn't want that no no and 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 so so but yeah I mean when our father came over he uh, he didn't know a, a lick of English uh, and he learned it and um, again folks literally if you were to talk to him today you would not know that you would not know that so I. I, I there's so much now, and of course, he's a baby boomer, all right? He's part of the baby boomer generation, as is our mother. And and so I think what makes me laugh sometimes when we talk about differences is, is everybody wants to blame the kids in that generation, right? So, so everybody wants to blame Generation Z right now. And I always joke about Generation Z, right? Because they're so much different than we were. We're raising them right now. Okay, we're raising them right now, you and I, uh, and millions of others. And so they, they do things completely different than we did. So we make fun of it. And it, it honestly, folks, I'm, I'm not, I'm being very serious here. Okay. Uh, it's all in the name of fun because I do understand that times change, things change. We can't control the fact that things change. There's nothing we can do about that. But what I don't like is how we blame the kids in that particular generation. Because again, we just I just kind of said this, Joe. A kid is very um, you know, he's very impressionable. She's very impressionable. They're watching you. I think there's a lot of times where parents say, he's not even listening to me. She's not even paying attention to what I'm saying. And I think we forget, yes, they are. They're watching you. They may not even realize how much they're focused in on what mom and dad are doing, right? But they do a lot of things and mimic a lot of things because of how their parents act or how their parents 
control a situation, how they handle a situation. And I think when you get older, you realize that uh, there's that there's that insurance commercial where uh, which one, which insurance company is it where the guy yeah, is teaching you not to, yeah, teaching you not to be like your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Progressive. I can't remember if it's- I can't remember which one it is, but it's hilarious. It's so bad when the commercial is so good, you can't even remember which service or which product they're even talking about. And I'll, I'll be transparent here. A lot of people, you know, will say that my parenting style is a lot like my mother's. So in, in a way, we are like our parents as we as we get older, where it's it's not it's not as lenient. Um, there is a set of rules and you were to follow them rules. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So if that's me being like my mother was, then so be it. And my father had rules too. Very strict rules. I think for for our father, it was as we got older, there was a lot more rules. Um, I can recall this, Joe. Uh, I remember a conversation with, with dad one time where dating, okay? This is what I mean by as we, were, we got older. Uh, for our father, he was very traditional. You bring a date home to meet your parents for the first time, you should not even be sitting on the same couch. Should be sitting across the room out of respect for that young lady and for your parents. Some people would say, what? That was that. So that was, so that was our father. Um, as we got older, mom, it was, it was when we were younger and just making bad decisions on a regular basis. And there wasn't a whole lot of leniency. She was very strict in, in how things were going to be done. And I guess I am a lot like that. You know, I guess I am. Will I be like my father as far as the, the traditional, you know, the dating aspect? And, and like we just mentioned as an example, that's yet to be seen. I have a 13 year old and I have a 10 year old and two boys. And so I'll, I'll, I'll wait to see if that's, that's the approach I take. So I see, I see a little bit of both in me and I don't think it's anything, there's anything wrong with being somewhat like your parents, but we, we blame, we blame the kids. And I don't think that's the way it is. I think it's the way the parents parent, the kids pick up on a lot of that. And it's up to us to mold them into the human beings that we want them to be, if that makes any sense. So, I mean, I dare I say, there's that not. So, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that I look at uh, when I think about the past and uh, past parenting and as opposed to now, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for uh, rules, right? I mean, we know life without rules is anarchy, right? So I, I totally agree with the fact that there needs to be parameters and there needs to be rules. And it's very important that we remember that what we do and what we reflect into our homes, our children are going to pick up on that and reflect the same thing in time. And I think a lot of people tend to forget it in the moment, right? Heat of the moment comes in and they don't really give it much thought. I can't tell you how many times I'd be talking to mom about something in the kitchen and a young three, four-year-old Dino's in the basement playing with his toys. And I'll say something really low, really quiet, and uh, something about, um, you know, something about, let's say, Greek school. And you'll okay. hear him playing with his cars. And we're going to Greek school. And we're, it's like, wow, he hears everything. And he was actually putting it into the, the, to the game that he was playing or whatever it was. Um, you know, and, and I say this for a good reason that we have to be careful of what it is that we're reflecting into our homes. And we're going to, I'm going to touch more on this in, in a little bit. Um, but that is something to bear in mind as this conversation moves forward, I think. Well, uh, accepting, accepting the fact that change is inevitable, like I said, to me is is one of the is one of the things that we can't do. Everybody thinks that we're going to stay the same forever, right? But the world is changing. And with a changing world, we talked about social media, we talked about technology. With the changing world, you have changing values, right? Some values should remain constant. But so many different values change along with the changing world. So how we raise our kids may change as well. Different disciplines now. 
uh, our parents didn't have to worry too much about us being on social media. They didn't have to worry about who are we texting. They had other worries when it came to our our social uh, lives. Whereas we have to worry about what what are they seeing on TikTok? What are they posting on TikTok? What are they posting on YouTube? What are they what are they seeing on Snapchat? What are they hiding from us on Facebook? Uh, and so we have to constantly monitor those situations, and they have apps to help you monitor those situations. So that you always know what our parents knew where we were at because they called our friend's house to ask their parents if we were there still and to tell us to get our butt home. They didn't talk to us directly. Our parents, our our friend's parents said to us, your mom said, you got 10 minutes to get home. You better get moving. Now we can simply send a text to our kid and say, get your butt home. We don't even interact with the other parent anymore. It's just with our kid. So in a, in a way... Um, you get a quicker response and you get their butt home quicker than when we would, you know, how long it would take us to get out. There's, there's conveniences and there's inconveniences with how technology has changed the world. And there's also conveniences and inconveniences with how we parent our kids today based on these different technologies. Play dates. What is that? Right? And to this day, I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. It bothers me. I can't stand when Jordan says to me, can I have a play date with Joe Oliver up the street? And, and I, Jordan, just tell me you're going on your bike and you're heading up the street to Joe's house. It, it's it's literally a play date where possibly his mom will text me and say, can Jordan come up from 4 to 6 p.m. on Saturday for a play date? And I'm like, how about Jordan just rides his bike up there and knocks on the door and says, could Joe come outside and play? It's, it, it, is it... This, this is something small, right? But these are the things that bother me today because I think it takes away from a kid being able to make certain decisions. It shouldn't be a scheduled time for a kid to be a kid. It should be, it's Saturday, I'm watching cartoons, and then I'm going outside, we're going to play baseball, we're going to play basketball, we're going to play freeze tag, we're going to play, we're going to, we're going to go swimming, we're going to do. We're going to. We're going to t- go on a bike ride uh, to the woods where we have our fort, and we're going to keep building our fort. You know, more sticks, more leaves. It it, it shouldn't be uh, this this structured time set to me, and so it's hard for us to understand that. But it's become such an accepted value that play dates are a thing now, and so. I think it's just harder for the previous generation, the way they were raised. You make it makes me wonder what's going to happen thirty five years from now. That's going to make it hard for our kids to accept because it wasn't the way they were raised, right? They're going to say these kids today, it's going to happen. So it's it's interesting that you chose the word you know about change. How we don't you know we have to accept change um, because this is not the world that you and I grew up in. Not even, not even remotely, not even remotely. And, you know, we talk about things like freeze tag and basketball and, and baseball, and they may still play that at an organized level. You may see some street ball or what have you going on, but it's far and few in between. If it's a hot day, everybody's in the air conditioning playing, you know, 2K all day, right? Yep. So, I, I mean, it, it's a just, it's a different world. Um, everybody wants to make play dates and schedule times because people are busy. They have schedules. They need to know, hey, I want to make sure my kid's getting some time into play, but at the same time, I still have to go to the grocery store. I have to go to work. I have stuff I have to do. He has somewhere else to be. Appointments. We have such busy lives anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it, again, everything has changed. These rules have all changed. Um, you know, again, as I was saying about the gender-based rules uh, in the family from back in the 40s and 50s, maybe late way in the 60s to now where both parents are working if both parents are home. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it, I know that you've, you've, you've spoken before about that, the fact that you're divorced, but not everybody that you work with is divorced that is working in Michigan, living in Ohio. So, you know, how do you make that? I can't even begin to imagine how you make a dynamic like that work. Things change. Everything is just changing all the mm-hmm. time and we have to kind of adapt to it. But when we adapt to it at the, um, at, uh, at value, and standards dispense or at its expense expense um 
that's where we start running into problems because we're getting into the point where the parents are getting so overwhelmed with life and dealing with the stresses and anxieties of not only their own lives that you see just getting more and more stressful every day in the workplace, but now you have your children that are going through it as well. And we could, again, social media, technology, friends, you know, cyberbullying, we could call it all sorts of different names. But if you are, and we're getting back to that earlier point, if you're reflecting the right thing into your home, into your family, you're going to find that a lot of that is going to start to absolve itself. But it's a matter of what is it that you're bringing into your family? Who is really in the center of your family? Is the father doing his part as far as being a father when he walks in the door? I know that's something else that, that was, uh, uh, you know, a, a point that I'd, I'd, we've spoken about in the past. Um, you know, a lot of times you have dads who figure, you know, I go to work, I work 12 hours a day. I come home, I did my part. I made the money, I pay the bills. That's that, you know, and they're not saying anything, you know, to take away from the mom. Maybe it's the mom who's saying it, you know, I mean, this, we are in a strange place these days in uh, this day and age. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's actually when you're being a parent actually starts like you're, yes, you do have to do that, that for your family, but then you also have to still be a dad to the kids that are in your home. And this idea that, you know, I'm going to just throw up my hands and say, ah, forget about it. You know, I, I've already done my part. That's if that's happening, that's something that we really need to rethink if we're doing that in our home. Now I know I'm not changing anybody's mind. Okay. And I'm not the authority on anything, but this is, this is a, a if you look at the preview that I had coming up to this episode, uh, it says, you know, parenting fifties uh, versus today, right? And I got a picture of Hugh Beaumont, which is Word Cleaver, and Al Bundy. Okay, that gives you a, a a pretty big idea of of the the compare and contrast between then and now of what the father figure has become, and 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 not because we choose to be, uh, it's also starting to force it's, it's this, this, and, and I've said this before, it's this indoctrination where you're seeing it from all sides where suddenly the dad is the dunce of the family. Um, it, the children know everything, right? Dad knows nothing. Uh, it, it's this, this, you know, they're, they're, we're, we're losing the value of the father figure in the home. Okay. Or, or whoever it may be, but we're losing that value. And I'm talking in a standard home where you got mom and dad at home. And even if that's not the case, because fathers of divorced, uh, fathers of children from a divorced home are still fathers. All right. So th you don't get a free pass in any way, for, shape or form. I could say that clearly because I know who's on the other end of this line and I know what he's done, but I'm saying, uh, you know, we, we've lost sight of what the father figure should be in a home. And, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a chance to talk for a little bit, but, but there's still more to be said about that. Yeah. Um, and I want to say this before we go to our sponsor, uh, and then come back and continue this conversation. Uh, when you talk about, you, you talked about word cleaver. So, you know, uh, my three are not my three sons, but that, that's another example. Uh, but we're talking about leave it to beaver, obviously. Uh, with Mr. Balma. And then when you talk about married with children, you could just picture Ed O'Neill sitting on the couch, you know, uh, in his very lazy uh, posture uh, and just discussing with life uh, why the children pretty much run rampant uh, and do their thing. It, 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 it even goes further then than Leave it to Beaver. As you get into the 70s and you get into the Brady Bunch, you know, Mike Brady was a very structured father. Um, he was, I believe, an architect, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he was uh, raising three boys and three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold like their mother. The youngest one had curls. All right, enough. Uh, uh, but he took on, now he, he brought in three more children. So he was raising six kids from very young ages uh, up into adulthood. And- and there was always an episode, the way they had it structured, where either he and his wife, or just he sometimes, was the person that was resolving the issues and for the whole family. 
and and so and every now and then, you know, there would be, you know, where mom would would step in with the girls or Alice, you know, the the, the housekeeper. But Mike Brady, it was very every episode, he was the person who would give some type of structure. He would give some type of point of view that would lead the kid down the right pathway when they would make a bad decision. And and it continued on that pathway. And then, like you said, once we got into the 80s, well, boy, I, I hate... Folks, bear with me for a second when I say this. Back then, The Cosby Show was definitely a show where you saw structure, right? Uh, you saw comedy too. He was a funny guy, but he was also a very structured father and was always in charge of making a lot. And now he's a doctor in that in that sitcom. And at the same yeah. time, so has all those. I'm sorry, real quick, just just to yeah. clear it up, and so that everybody you know who doesn't have a complete meltdown here. Yeah. Okay. Let, we're talking about Cliff Huxtable. Okay. Right. Not the other leave it at that. We're talking about Cliff Huxtable, the character. Okay. Right. Sorry, I'm drinking my chicken bone broth while you're talking. But so when we talk about Cliff Huxtable, the way that that show was set up, and that was that was uh, you know a, a shout out to in a lot of ways to black families because you, they wanted to show that there is structure. You know, it, you, you when you look at that show, it was. Uh, the idea there were so many sitcoms uh, where it was always the father was always it was always a white family, so it was nice to see you know here's this doctor his wife was an attorney he was a doctor the kids all going to you know going to college after high school and and it was nice to see that because it was just showing a structured environment all right within a, a family a, a black family in which they were. Okay, uh, a united front, and and how the father was taking the lead in making sure that those kids were taking the right pathway, and obviously the mom was was also doing her part, uh, but it was two people working, very high level careers, and then raising not one, not two, not three, not four, five children, if I'm not mistaken, and 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 doing well uh, at what they were doing. And so there were a lot of different reasons that that show aired, right? Uh, number one was they wanted to show an astute black family that was very successful in what they were doing. And two, it was once again, the family where the father was taking charge and the kids were obedient to the rules of the mother and the father and the mother and father had control over the family situation. And then it just kind of got out of hand after that. Um you know, with, with certain shows. And it was where the father became, you know, kind of just like the, oh, give me, give me the aspirin, give me the Tylenol. Even the Simpsons as a cartoon, when you look at them, Homer Simpson is completely off the rails. He has no idea in what direction he's going. Bart is a complete maniac. Even, even the baby has control over the family. The baby with the pacifier. I can't even think of the name of the baby. Family Family Guy's another excellent example. Yeah, yeah. where the father figures just Peter's a complete. Yeah, Peter's a complete dunce, and for that matter, so are his children. Yeah, All right, Peter finally offended you. Um, not sorry, but it's true. Well, so um, yeah, wow, you totally threw me off with Peter Griffith. <laughs> no, you blot out Peter Griffith. Yeah, right. You know, that, see, that's what happens. I was going down a path, and you. Okay. I work with a guy. I work with a guy at GM as I continue to throw you off. That looks just like Quagmire. He looks identical to him, identical. But go ahead. Yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's, so so I'll, I'll, let, let me say this. How about we do this? Because I think this is a perfect time for it. Let's go to an ad for our sponsor. When we come back, Joe will have an epiphany. And remember everything. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps. Perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Once again, we're talking about Kitchen Apps, but this time we're talking about their great selection of pancake mixes you can order right from their site. Now, whether you like blueberry cobbler, strawberry shortcake, they even have banana nut bread super cakes. You can rest assured Kitchen Apps has you covered. 
And maybe you're not a fan of all these flavors or prefer something a little more traditional Then the buttermilk flavored mix would be the perfect fit for your breakfast. The best part about all of this, these mixes are made from scratch with top of the line ingredients that are all nutritionally balanced. And with up to 36 grams of protein per serving, you just can't go wrong. Now, for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So during the break, Joe had exactly what I said, an epiphany. Joe, what do you want to what do you want to point out? So earlier I was talking about indoctrination. And I know that's something that, you know, it, it gets highly politicized and 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 rightfully so, but but it's not just about things that happen politically in nature, okay? Um, you know, a lot of times we're we're thinking about it now, in the here and now, and you'll hear a lot of talk about, you know, some of the things that you're seeing across your TV. Again, that's that's really aimed towards the 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 family, not really just a father figure, but the family altogether, okay? Um but I, I still say, you know, this actually started with us. I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of things that we watched in the 80s and 90s that really devalued some of the things that were held with high regard, with high reverence prior to us. And then we became parents, <laughs> see? And, and so that threshold comes down a little bit, right? And then our kids are doing, and it's like, ah, well, and, and if we're not careful, if we're not careful while we're turning our back and, and not trying to raise a ruckus and now you have this whole cancel culture, which is interestingly enough, starting to uh, kind of starting to, to lose their little battle. But anyways, um, you know, you have all these other things that are going on. Uh, uh, we were probably just as guilty, but unfortunately the effect is, is it's having a greater effect on this younger generation now coming up only because of what we put up with, what we were kind of made to believe is cool or fun or not that big of a deal. That's what it is. It isn't that you all suddenly you watch this and now you believe. It just, it ebbs, it ebbs away. And sooner or later, you start to get to this point where it's like, that's not even that big of a deal. Who cares? You know? And it's a really big deal. And, uh, you know, we had said before, um, that w when you and I had, had a conversation before this, that, uh, you know, there is wow, and I lost it again. <laughs> I just lose I'm, points like crazy. I'm here because I'm going in fifty different directions. Yeah. I, I just I I'm losing, I'm losing my well, mind. Well, this show, well, this show could take you in fifty different directions. And and uh, to add to this being on our yeah our watch, um, I can't stand when I hear this from from a Generation X parent. I don't want our kids to have to deal with what we had to deal with when we were kids and the way our parents handled us. That, that is an automatic hand over your Generation X card, you're done. You no longer are a member of the MTV generation. You hand your card over immediately to me because that is one of the most profound and I'm going to say this word idiotic statements I've ever heard in my entire life. Our parents did not raise us the wrong way, ladies and gentlemen. All right, in the in the seventies and in the eighties and into the early nineties, they raised us to be responsible adults, and and we were irresponsible. All right, and learned how to be responsible, and I think we're doing just fine, because people act Joe as if it was just a horrible childhood. You know, when when you think about our childhood, you couldn't get me, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go and live in any other generation. Although I wouldn't mind living in the 1920s. I don't know why. The Roaring Twenties. I don't know why. There's something about that. But, um, uh, or maybe in the 50s. I like the music. Anyway, but the 80s, come on. Could you, I mean, honestly, our childhood was fantastic. And you say, a lot of people say, that was your childhood. That's in any generation where you're going to have your group of people that didn't like their childhood and their group of people that did like their childhood. But if the 80s were so bad, why can't we let go of them? Why do radio stations still have 80s weekends? Why do they still have these MTV parties? Why do we have 80s retro parties? Why can we not let go of the 80s? Because we loved the 80s, which means in turn we loved our childhood, which means that our parents must have not been doing such a horrible job. So please save it with the, I don't want to raise my kids the way my parents raised me. That is by far one of the most 
ridiculous comments I've ever heard in my entire life. Did that help you remember anything? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, but anyways, that's well. Hold on, because uh, there's uh, something I can't. Okay, go go for it. Uh, and, and it goes right down the lines of that indoctrination. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go. And just saying that you know, uh, it that's how it works, right? It just kind of ebbs away at your values, at your standards, at, at what it is that that uh, you believe. And it, before you know it, you find yourself not believing the same thing. It's this repetition, right? Repetition is a big thing. Uh, you know, we talk about repeating so many times it becomes a habit, uh, you know, and, and there is a whole criteria that I would love to cover right now, but, uh, that, that's probably something I would, I would like to do with Dr. Nicole Rentilla, but okay. that said, when we're talking about your values and your standards, that honestly, and, and I will always run back to this and tell you, this is something I wanted to bring up to you anyhow. And I figured why not here while we're recording <laughs> surprised, uh, so we always talk about two brothers, one mic, and we left it as a general title because we, we didn't want to be pigeonholed into one area, you know, where right. it's just, uh, you know, this is the, the greatest weight, weight fitness or whatever, weightlifting shit. Nutrition, yeah, nutritional. Nutrition. Yeah. Intermittent fasting. I mean, which uh, I know a lot of people think that, yes, no, we totally practice it, but we didn't want to go with anything that was just going to pigeonhole us into one area. So when we say it's really about my body and soul, there's something that we need to correct in, in that statement. Um, and, and it's by no fault of anybody else's. It, it makes enough sense, my body and soul, right? No. Well, we, we tend to confuse mind and soul as two different things when actually the mind makes up a part of the soul. I think what we mean to say is my body and spirit. Now, to be the best you, that's the three components that are you, Okay. And I feel like, I feel like we would be a bit remiss if we did not try to cover the spiritual aspect as well. Now, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, an ordained anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what I am, uh, is born again. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here's something that goes along with that. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you are then commissioned to go tell the world all the good news. So, no, I'm not the authority, but I'm an ambassador. And so that all said, like, I want to be able to give resources, kind of give people an idea. Uh, you know, it, 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 non-denominational, something that I, it just always drove me crazy about the denominations. You know, uh, Pastor Dave said. Thomas, pa Pastor Dave Thomas, or, or Bishop Thomas as it is now, uh, used to say something that it always made me laugh. You know, th those titles, Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant, they either burn off going down or fly off going up. So they're, they're really, they're, they're kind of irrelevant. And we'll, we'll talk about religion. And I know that's probably going to offend some people, but oh well, and I've said this before and I will maintain it is not about religion. It is about relationship. Yes. So I think we need to kind of have a spot and I'm not saying, Hey, it's leg day. Let me throw some scripture at you. I'm, <laughs> you know, they thank you, Jesus. No, I'm, yeah, praise the Lord. My, uh, my you know, water it's on fire. Praise, it's over. <laughs> you know, I, I am saying though, when it has a place, and and today when we're talking about values and standards, and here's what I was talking about earlier when I said, going to talk about this later. You know, we have to be careful. Back then, there was because we didn't have the distractions that we have now the social media, the technology, and that they're, they're huge. I know it sounds like, well, here he goes again, social media, but it's that major part of, it's that major of a part of our lives now. Yeah. So yes, I'm going to say that because when you find yourself in the, in the black hole of Facebook, okay, distracted, that's not good for you. There are other things that you should probably be doing. And the values that I'm talking about are biblical ones. Those are the ones that you should be reflecting into your family. Now, again, I know, again, who are you to tell me? Well, I, I've already said my part. But the thing is this, the thing is this, I'm not, I'm not trying to ruffle feathers or, or, or say this with an iron fist. You don't like it, watch another podcast. No, but there are some people who are listening to this and they might be on the fence. And what I say might be enough to uh, push them over. Okay. And, and with that said, I would love to have back and forth with people. You never know who this is going to affect and to what degree. So I think we need to kind of open up a little bit more 
Uh, change of direction? No. This is something that I think we probably should have included in the beginning. Uh, but when we first started this, things weren't the same then. Uh, and I'll leave that there for now. Again, we're talking about uh, uh, with the values, though, and the standards. The Bible was the original the original set of standards. Like, these were God's precepts, his ideas behind everything he said. You know, it's I laugh. There's people who say that they agree with things like, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Those are easy. Those are easy to, to go with, right? Right? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. These are easy. Well, yeah, I would, I, would, I would think so. Right, yeah. right. That you're not supposed to lie, right? Nobody has a problem with these. So they'll 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 agree that the Bible is believable there, but not in the other places. Like like if you throw something out there that it hits them and they're like, oh well, that's not I don't that doesn't make me feel good. And it's not there to make you feel good. It's not there to make you feel guilty. It's there to speak the truth to you, like it does to me, like it will. Okay, so uh, uh, there, there's a reason why they say it's the living word. I mean, that thing comes to life on you. You're reading it. There's certain things that will pop out at you. We'll get to all that. But anyways, when we start to make our families, when we, we have a God-centered families, as opposed to social media, as opposed to work, money, money has become so many people's God. You have people who still believe that, well, I don't, I don't worship the devil. You know, I saw an interesting uh, trailer Everything's interesting to me. I've used that word a lot today. I saw an interesting trailer, though, recently. It was a Marvel one, right? Ant-Man versus somebody or another. I can't remember. I'm done. And he said something that that just really was like, wow. Ant-Man's the good guy, and he's he's fighting against the other one. And he says to him, you know, uh, uh, the bad guy says, you know, you're never going to win. And he says, you know, I don't have to win. You just have to lose. Now you flip that around and you look at, you say, well, I don't worship the devil. I don't, I don't, you know, I believe God, you know, is okay. Now you think about that, but then you don't follow his values and his standards where your family is made for you to be stewarded over, for you to steward over, for you to rule over. And I'm not talking dictate over, I mean to rule over. Okay. When you look at it that way, what is the devil's position in that? He doesn't have to win. You just have to lose. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And when you think about it that way, understand he already knows he lost. That's why he hates us. The Bible says he comes to still kill and destroy. Why? Because he can never have what we have. And we get to mess up and still have it. He's done and he knows it. So I'm just saying, I really believe this is something, uh, a road that we need to go down. But these are things that go directly with today's, with today's episode. I think when it comes to we're talking values and standards. They, they, they do go with today. For anybody who was sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, how is he going into scripture? All of a sudden, we were just talking about parenting and the differences between parents back then and parents now. And I think overall, all right, hey, listen, there's so many other avenues that Joe's taking here. But but the avenue, if you had to jump on one road, it's it's real simple. We've lost those values over time. Period. So and again, so we need to find those values again. And I listen. It upsets people when you when you say this. I never quite get that. I never quite understand why people get so mad. If you know, listen. If you're atheist. You have a belief system, right? You don't believe in God. And, and you know, and whatever it is that you're, you know, whatever it is your belief system is, but you don't believe in God. So maybe you get irritated on a show like this, right? But if you're somebody who believes in God, which if you were to poll, Joe, I would like to, you know, that's something I would like to check on. I'd like to see what, if you polled this country alone, just America, or the 2% of the people that listen to us in Germany. Hello, everybody in Germany. Um, and you ask them, and you ask them, what do you believe in God? Simple question, right? How many would say yes? And I guarantee you the majority of the people will say yes. So my question to them is this. If you do believe in God, then why would you get upset over the comments that were just made about where we feel 
one of the problems is, and that's the the values that we uphold in the Bible, in the church. And, one word. And, and, one and, word. Yeah. One word. Religion. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing. I don't think it's that people don't believe. The problem is a lot of folks, and I'm, I'm not saying this is everybody, and, and, and I'm still learning. I've said this before. I, I'm not perfect, okay? I'm, We're always I'm, learning. I'm just progressing here, okay? And, and I think a lot of people don't know where to start. Like, first of all, you have a lot of people who have tried to, to, to go the route of, of, of religion, and it's like this never-ending battle that you're never going to win, so why bother trying anymore? And they give up. And that was never the intent ever, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and again, I don't want to go too far down there, but I'm going to tell you this. It, it is, um, <laughs> the majority of this country does believe in God. They do. They totally believe. But, but you'd be surprised how many don't want to say it because they're ashamed. I can never do that. I can never do that. The Bible says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. Can't have that. Sorry. If anybody wants to ever ask me. But here's the thing. The thing. This is the thing. Okay. Our lives, this long. Eternity, it just keeps going. It just keeps going in that direction and it doesn't stop. This is not life. Okay. What you're living right now is not life. And it's not a tryout for the afterlife either. Understand that. But this life is very small. It's a wisp. It's a, it's a, it's a puff of smoke. Okay. The way the, the Bible puts it, so it's just but a puff of air. Okay. And then you have eternity, which is forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, the people that you read about in the Bible, the ones who didn't make the right decisions, they're still in hell. They're still in hell. And they're not leaving there. Okay, over two thousand years now. No, thank you. Uh, Not going yet. I mean, the, it, it, when you start to put this into into a little bit more context, but again, we'll get there. Um, but here's my here's my greater. I, I don't know. I don't want to say. I, I, I think this is more or less my goal here. Um, why can't we? We have people that are like, no, I believe in God, and, and you see it on their Facebook posts, right? You see it on their Facebook posts. On hashtag. On Sunday. Well, even yes, yes, but I mean when life is going good in that season of horrors. Oh, look at this! Look at it. Hashtag, hashtag blessed. God is God is great. God is good. And you're reading some of those texts, and you're going, "Man, God is not in that." What do you? What do you mean, God is God? He had nothing to do with what you're talking about, and it's obvious because I saw your last three posts. Please, anyways. So, so, but we're all about it. Hashtag blessed. But where's the people that when they're like, I'm tired of this, I've had enough, work doesn't treat me right. Well, well, where, 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 where'd you go? Where, where's, see how many, we have the fair weather, the fair weather Christian, I call them, you know, mm-hmm. because we want to be, you know, we're all about it when things are going good, but when things are going bad, well, what, how about things like where the Bible says to be anxious for nothing? I mean, where's that post? You don't see it. So you see what I'm saying? Why not? What If we could normalize mental health, if we could normalize uh, uh, healthy bodies, mm-hmm. mental health, body, soul, then why can't we normalize spiritual health as well? And, and to me, I think that that is more, we need to be able to have the conversations. And I know, oh boy, I know. Look, I know one person, I know one person for sure that, that was killed over it. Thank, thankfully. Thankfully and graciously, okay. But mm-hmm. but hey, you know what? It also says that that you're going to be persecuted, arrested, and some may be killed. So so look, <laughs> you you really better be ten toes down in this if if it's something that that you want to do. And I got to tell you, it is definitely something I want to do. I'm I'm not going to back down. That's for sure. No, Ed, you you said that we haven't done it from the very beginning of the show, and I I understand what you're saying, but we have. We have been talking about this uh, on many different episodes um, and, and over a, quite a period of time now. Uh, and, and, you know, it, I, I, I hate, you know, in a topic like this, I hate to, to go 180. We kind of we have to, because like I said, I, I really do want yeah. to really dive in deep. I, it's like, ah, but I got to... Mm. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. So there's going to be plenty of time, right? Uh, we have a platform. We have, you have a mic <laughs> and you have video and, and editing and everything. So, so we're not going anywhere, but 
uh, you know, folks, it's one one thing that we feel is a major issue, uh, and not only in this country but in this world. And that's just the fact that if you look at Joe, if you watch uh, families uh, in, from the '40s and the '50s, and there was there was so much more structure in everything, not just a family unit, you know, that that ate together, and a family unit that went to sleep at the same time together, and a family unit that woke up at the same time together, but a family unit to pray together, okay, and it was just part of life. It was part of life. So. You have to look at that and you have to examine when you're asking yourself, where did we quote unquote go wrong at times if you're talking about it being worse now than it was then? And you have to say, I know people get so angry when we talk about prayer in schools. They get so upset. It's that it's it, no kid should have to pray in school if they don't believe. Okay, okay. But why is it that the kids that do believe are not allowed to pray in school. Why? And okay. more to the point, where is everybody, the people who believe that you should be, where'd they go? I mean, again, you, you'll find, I'm, I'm almost positive I have seen this numerous times, that the majority of this country does in fact believe in God, in Jesus, in the Holy Trinity. And we'll leave it, at, you know, just, just within that belief system, regardless of, of you know, of, uh, uh, what I say, um, labels <laughs> regardless they do believe in that okay uh and, and that said you have to wonder well where are they at but yeah exactly what why is it that the majority has to constantly pay for the minority's opinion because it's really on their woken broken opinion well, it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon oh well actually well that particular aspect of it uh but as you said before the um cancel culture and uh these folks who who feel that history needs to be erased in order for this country to feel better um they are they are losing a little bit of a battle now because that's not how we look at it we look at it as history needs to be known so that we can change it and do what's right rather than what's wrong uh based on what we now know from the history of our country it's just a difference of opinion. Doesn't make us anything that you want to label us at all. Um, for that matter, folks, uh, our reality of who we are uh, does has nothing to do with your description of who we are. Um, so we we know this. Um, and when we talk about parenting, and we talk about the spiritual side of it, and we talk about or the lack thereof, uh, when we talk about. Um, uh, the difference in family structure from the 40s and 50s and where the father played a role uh, as opposed to how it started getting in the 80s and then the 90s and where it leaves us today. Um, you can look, Joe, at so many different aspects if we go decade to decade. And, and I always say this, I say, as we go into the last part of the ta- of, of today's episode, and that, that could be 15 minutes long or, or whatever, if we, if we go decade to decade, if you look at the 40s, if you watch videos, I've seen so many different videos where they have the, the family uh, on, on the, the old, what was that? What, 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 real, what did they call the real? Was it a 16? Uh, I don't remember what those reels were called. Eight, eight millimeter. Uh, yeah, eight millimeter. So eight, eight millimeter reel, and you see the family, and they have them on YouTube. They have them, you know, edited to, to look brand new, right? There's no... There's no uh, lines or it looks like it was just filmed yesterday. But you look at it and it's like, you know, here comes dad and dad comes home, hangs up his hat and dad just had a long day of work. Here comes Timmy to show dad his homework. And why is the kid's name always Timmy? And then, uh, and then here comes Mary and it's always the older sister. She's never younger. Uh, and then here comes mom. Mom just made a meal. Mary helped mom. Boy, we really... Back then, it was the women cooked and cleaned, and the men worked and brought home the money. And obviously, that doesn't work that way today, right? Um, and so, and then they sit down together, they pray together at the table, they eat their meal, uh, the kids do their homework. Everything, it's everyone's always smiling. 
There's no arguing. There's no uh, even so leisure time for about an hour at the end of the evening and then off to bed we go to get ready for our next day. And those were the kind of movies and those were the kind of videos that people were watching. And they were watching them over and over and over again. And it instilled a certain um, reality uh, that this is this is the family life. This is how it's supposed to be. It's that repetition we were talking. Yeah, that repetition you were talking about. Well, you get into the you know, you get into the sixties. Our parents, the baby boomers, it got a little wild. They call it the hippie era, right? Uh, Woodstock, um, drug of choice, uh, LSD, PCP, things that hallucinate. You know, hallucinate. Is it a hallucination drugs? It's hallucinogens. 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 And um, man, I'm having a rough time today. But uh, you know, and and so you would look at our parents and think, how did people that were doing that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden you see them in the 70s and 80s, short hair, tie. So, folks, it's because as young people, we're not thinking straight. We're doing dumb things. So our parents, the greatest generation, had to raise them and it drove them up a wall how they were acting. Then our parents had to raise us 80s kids, right? And we drove them up a wall with all the ridiculousness that we did. And people forgot, well, when we were growing up, we did the same stuff and even worse, right? And so they're going to be okay. Now, here we are as adults and then some, and we're raising our children. And our children are going to be just fine. Quit acting like the next generation, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the do-all, say-all, end-all for, for this world. This world will end when it's time for it to end, okay? And there's a plan there uh, that we're all part of. Uh, and, and Joe, uh, not that long ago in this show, was trying to explain that in so many, so many words. So, so when you look at all, at all that, a lot of people talk about other aspects of it as, as we as we end today's show, Joe, they talk about the divorce rate. And I just wanted to throw this out there, okay? Folks, I got, I got news for you when it comes to the divorce rate. The divorce rate was much higher in the 60s into the late 70s than it is today. In the, in today, today, it's 2.1 to 2.6 people per thousand end up divorced, which is hardly close to this more than 50% of everybody gets divorced, right? If you look at the 60s, look it up, folks. If you look at the 60s all the way into like 1979, it goes from 2.1. By 1979, it was approximately five and a half people per 1,000 getting divorced. And that was an era, Joe, when women started to gain a lot more independence the mom was not the stay-at-home mom where she did the cooking and the cleaning while dad went off to work. The mom began to get her feet wet in the corporate world. And I always bring up a show called That Girl, right? Or the Mary Tyler Moore show, where that really started showing women out in the workforce being very successful at what they did. And um, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's funny that you picked Mary Tyler Moore because originally... She was the wife on the Dick Van Dyke show, who was the the oh, one who the homemaker, right? The homemaker. And then, they, so who could they pick better than to to, to show the woman of the sixties and seventies, right? And and so and so as that went on, divorce was prevalent as women became more independent. I'm not saying women independence is what caused divorces. Okay, it takes two. I don't care what era you're in in order for a divorce to happen. Two people didn't make it work. I'm guilty as charged. So I, I almost went with that being said, and that's an important concept. So that being said, completely negates that. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that, but that is not a relevant point to make. If you're trying to argue divorce, right? Uh, I think a lot of what we talked about before that uh, is what is an important point to make. You can't really say, well, both parents are working now. Both parents were working in the 80s and in the 90s. And for that matter, in the 70s, both of our parents were working when we were younger. And, and, so, and so 
I don't want to hear that it's because both parents are, or you can't say the divorce rate and, and the dad's not home and it's a single parent society. Folks, divorce has been going on forever. Divorce was going on, it's documented in the early 1800s, the divorce rate. It's documented okay. in the Old Testament of the Bible. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, there you have it. It was how you got a divorce. Uh, at that time, a man just had to write a note. Simple. Uh, and no, she didn't get half. But anyways. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he just wrote a note. That's I'm dissatisfied. <laughs> Did she have to check a box? Yes, I maybe so. Well, I don't think she got to say anything. That was it. Um, and if there was the wrong allegation, she was taken outside of the camp and stoned. Uh, anyways, anyways, that all said, yeah. That's, that's, a, good, dark, that's a good dark turn. Dark uh, well, we're talking uh, divorce rate, though. Um, one thing to consider the uh, with those with those rates, then as compared to now, not everybody's getting married anymore. You have a lot of people that are just shacking up. And so, I mean, statistics, you, you can make, well, how does, what was mom used to say in her economics class, statistics can make, uh, uh, what was it, an ant carry a thousand pounds or so? I forget how she put it, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was something crazy like that, but not any less true. Uh, but the point is, the point is, you know, it, it is what it is there. But now we have a lot of people, again, who are just shacking up, which is crazy because, and I'm not, I'm definitely not the one to cast the stone here. Uh, I did. And then I married her and then we got divorced. You know, so there's that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know to what degree one had to do with the other. Uh, I kind of do. But but that all said, that all said, um, you have a lot of these kids nowadays who are too afraid to make that commitment. And, you know, number one, they, well, what if it doesn't work out? Or what if, you know, it's like, what if it doesn't work out? Why are you with them in the first place if you fear that it's not going to work out? Yeah. No, it makes no sense. And then at the same time, there's, you know, they, they, well, then it, then if I do get divorced, she takes half my stuff. And I, okay. But again, you can't go into anything in life worried about the worst possible, you know, scenario. You'll just constantly be worried about it. And then, that's not really the way to live life. Uh, not at all. You know, how's it? Um, you know, we have enough to worry for today. There's no need to be worried for tomorrow. Uh, and, and that's something I have to practice living, uh, living, um, living by. I never, say. never added a single moment to anybody's life. No, for sure. I think that's why I'm so good at not, uh, worrying about work after I walk out the door. Um, it's just, it's not worth it. Uh, I never do. I never worry about work after I walk out the door. Um, the door of work, not the door of, of my home, but the door of work, uh, for the day. But, um, that's really everything that I wanted to say today. Uh, and I know you got a lot out there and I know there's a lot more, uh, that we would like to talk about. But when we talk about parenting between the forties and the fifties and the parent parenting up today and we threw the 60s and the 70s the 80s in there we didn't say too much about the 90s um it's a it's a it's a progression based on technology it's a progression um based on change but some things hold constant and if we can hold certain things constant then i think it will be so much better when it comes to values and morals uh joe talked so much about that when it comes to our ability to parent based on, and Thomas Vallant, who's been on our show a couple of times now, who is 18 years old, going on 36, uh, said it best when he said, God, family, and then he went on with academics and athletics, and that is in the order he places things. And I think... We all are a work in progress when it comes to trying to do it in that order. And as long as you are striving for those type of values and those type of morals, I think we're going to be okay. But if we're not going to strive in that direction, I think we are going to, going to continue to have problems. And that's just my opinion. And I'm just the co-host of this show, so you have to listen to it because of your proximity to the speaker system. Simple, Joe. And that's really all I have to say for today. All right. Well, until next week, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or opinions, 
You can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Now, on behalf of myself and Coach Tony, thanks for listening. Hey, uh, Joe, real quick, let me just tell you this. As we head off into the abyss, uh, you said, what was it that our mother used to say? You realize that she's going to tell you exactly what it was on our... You'll be in the comments. It'll, it'll, 1,000% it'll be in the comments. It'll probably, yeah. She'll be typing away while she's listening to the show. And you know what, folks? I wish everybody would comment as much as our mother did. Mom, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I'm done.